taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends. Yes, it's another episode of PPC Rockstars, and we have as our guest today, oh, let's see, one of my favorite uh, guests of all time. Um, been on the show several times. I think we can say safely that um, she is the biggest fan of Van Halen in the search industry, and uh, maybe even the biggest fan of the monkeys in the search industry. It's Yes, it's Melissa Mackey. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm, I'm good. What an excellent description. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got to hit all the most important points. Right. And all Melissa, the music genres. Give, give us an elevator pitch about your company. I know that you're search supervisor, soon to be executive vice president of Gyro. Um, but what is Gyro? And, and uh, give us the elevator pitch. Yeah, absolutely. So Gyro is a full service agency. We specialize in B2B. So the vast majority of our clients are business to business. And we do everything for them from designing print advertising to buying media to doing search and social, uh, both organic and paid social, web design, uh, pretty much anything that they would want to do in advertising, we do it. Cool. And they're based where? Well, we have offices worldwide. I am based out of the Cincinnati office. We have five offices in the U.S. But you're living in Ann Arbor, right? East Lansing. East Lansing. I'm sorry. You get the wrong, wrong school. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, boy. <laughs> Major Pompa, David. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Are you currently without power or, or, and heat, or do you have those things? We have those things, so we lost it for about 24 hours, but some of my friends in southeast Michigan are still without power since uh, it's been almost a week. So wow. Terrible. Yeah, I feel I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Believe me, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's all the way down to, I don't know, 74 here. Oh, so God. We're, we're feeling Life's it. horrible. I know it. Hey, listen, you do specialize in B2B, one of, one of the world's um, most prominent experts in B2B, paid social and paid search. But I thought we'd um, start with a topic that is um, a little bit tricky for B2B advertising, which is advertising on Facebook. So um, do, you, do you find Facebook uh, useful for B2B advertising or is it just for B2C? It absolutely is useful for B2B. So if you'd asked me this question five or six years ago, I would have said Facebook is not effective for B2B because it was really, you had to find interests that related to people and try to, you know, weed out all the consumers. It was really, really difficult. But now Facebook targeting for B2B is approaching that of LinkedIn, which everybody thinks of LinkedIn First and foremost, when clients come to us and say they're interested in testing paid social, they always want to do LinkedIn first of all. Right. Um, and LinkedIn is fine. LinkedIn is great. But uh, Facebook, their targeting has now uh, almost equaled that of LinkedIn. There are still some settings that, that they don't have that LinkedIn does, but um, Facebook has great reach. So I think if you asked, you know, any of the listeners, how often are you on Facebook versus how often are you on LinkedIn, Facebook would win hands down with the amount of time that people spend and the amount mm -hmm. of frequency that they check their feed. And, um, and you know, and it, so it's got great reach and it's cheaper on a cost per click basis dramatically 
Much. cheaper than LinkedIn. And, and when you can target now by job title or by employer or things like associations, so professional associations that people might be part of, um, you can get down to that level of targeting in Facebook now. And it's, it's highly effective at oftentimes a much lower cost and, and equal to better response than LinkedIn. Yeah, I've, I've found the same thing. And, uh, you know, you're right about it approaching the granularity of LinkedIn. Um, I I don't think I have ever stumped Facebook when typing in a a job title or an employer or a field of study, uh, anything that's related to the audience that I'm trying to reach. Uh, I don't think they've ever failed to come up with, you know, a subset of their audience that can be targeted. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you do stump it, which I, I actually have stumped it a couple times, ah. but you can back into it by um, they have the must match one of the following. And so you can put in, say, all the companies that you want to target or whatever and must also match. So you can use the narrow audience feature. Right. And, you know, so you can say, OK, I want people at these companies who are all architects, for mm-hmm. example. So their job title has to be architect. Sometimes that'll limit your audience too much. It'll be too small. But a lot of times that'll really help hone in on, you know, if you're if you're not if you have stumped it, you can hone in that way. So I really like doing that narrow audience feature. Yeah. Well, h- help us with this. What's what's the size of an audience that's too f- small to address? I've always found the magic one thousand member minimum to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes for anything where you're targeting an audience, right? Like it's, it's Google, it's a custom audience, it's, um, you know, any kind of custom targeting. And with Facebook, too, when it's fewer than a thousand people, a lot of times they just won't even let you do it or uh-huh. it just becomes not worth doing. You know, it's so small that you're not going to get any traction and it's just it's not effective and it's not a good use of your time, especially if you're an agency and a client is paying you. It doesn't make right. a lot of sense. Right. So um, what types of ads do you find effective for B2B advertising on Facebook? Oh, great question. So it depends on the goal. Um, If you are looking to grow your follower base, uh, which a lot of times if you have a new page or you're doing a new initiative, that can be something that's important to grow your followers. So you might use follower growth. Um, Post engagement is one that we use for clients who are looking for PR Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times we'll amplify our PR efforts with uh, post engagement, and that does really, really well, you know, just getting people talking and, and getting more people, again, attracted in kind of a backdoor way to your page. Uh, we have done website clicks. We've done lead generation. Um, I find personally that the website clicks objective works a little bit better than the lead generation objective. It just seems to it seems to have better reach. Uh, okay. I know that's a little weird. <laughs> well, no, I want to I um, double click on that. So help our listeners with the distinction between a website click ad and a I think lead they're called ad. Lead, maybe they're just lead ads. Yeah, um, so, so lead ads, you can have a user take the action right within Facebook where basically it, it's like an, if you've ever seen on a website where somebody has their Facebook, they have a button that says login with Facebook. And you just click that, and if you're logged into Facebook, it'll log you into their site, and you don't have to fill out the form. Mm-hmm. That's basically what the lead ads do. Um, but we have, for B2B anyway, because people's contact information in Facebook is not 
the same as what they want to use for, for B2B. Uh, like I have a different email address and I don't want my home address on there, you know, that kind of thing. We get a lot of junky leads through it and, and we get a lot just lower volume out of the thing. So we usually end up just using website clicks and then make sure you're tracking it on the back end. Use Google Analytics or use the Facebook uh, pixel um, and optimize based on that. And you'll get better. I've found you'll get equal to better results and a lot more volume. With website clicks as With opposed to website clicks. Ads. Yep. And again, this is, yeah, well, obviously, if you probably wouldn't use lead ads if you're not B2B, but um, it's that whole contact information thing. It doesn't match yeah. up. Interesting. I, I can see that. And I guess maybe also um, there's no way that a, a uh, the confined space of an ad, a lead ad, can be as persuasive as a landing page with its, you know, multiple opportunities to, to persuade. Do you think yeah. that might be it as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can add an image or whatever, but you can't put any text in your image or they, Facebook limits your right. reach with that tremendously. And so you, you're limited to, you know, it's the same problem you have in search, except you don't have the intent that you have in search. Right. So at least with search, somebody, you know, physically searched on a keyword and had some kind of intent and you have an idea what they're looking for with, with social, you're just trying to match up based on audience and um, it's really challenging. Truly. Hey, um, we, I also want to segue uh, after the break into GDN, uh, Google Display Network Advertising, but um, any last things to say about Facebook for B2B? I would say if you haven't tried it in the last year or two, you should try it again because we've had clients come to us that say, eh, we did Facebook three years ago. It was terrible. And yeah. I always say try it again because a lot has changed. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and, and, and it's changed quickly, like over the past year. The, sure. uh, the reach has gone up and the um, CPCs are really reasonable, especially uh, even compared to uh, you know AdWords search CPCs. Hey, listen, we need to take a break for some sponsor messages, so Melissa, will you stay with us? Sure. And listeners, you stay with us, too. Be right back. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. 
Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Melissa Mackey, soon to be the Vice President of Paid Search and Social for Gyro. And we are talking about uh, Facebook uh, uh, B2B advertising. We just uh, covered Facebook for B2B. And um, wondering if you have any particular advice for B2B advertising on the Google Display Network. Yes. So that is something that you should definitely do, but you have to be careful with it. So GDN is a little bit of, uh, it's improved dramatically over the years. There was a question on PPC chat about, you know, how has GDN changed? And it made me think back to the old content network where we didn't have hardly any control over anything. Those days are long gone and, and it is much better. But there's still some questionable sites in there, and, and it's it's hard to find them. So, But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So I found good success with placement targeting. Um, if you can find websites, you know, most B2B is, is niche-related. You know, people mm-hmm. are fairly, it's fairly, you know, narrow, the audience that you're targeting. And so if you can find websites where these people hang out, if there are forums or content sites that you're aware of. And a lot of times, if, if you're not as an agency, your client will be for sure. And you can target them. So that's always a good option because mm-hmm. then you you eliminate the junk, right? You eliminate all the the crazy websites because you're, you're just showing your ads on the placements that you specify. Right. I've also had good luck with in-market segments. And I know, David, you've talked a lot about those on previous yes. podcasts. In-market segments, even if it seems a little... Like maybe this category isn't exactly what my client's product is, but if you can find a, a reasonably close match to that, we've had great success with with in-market segments and the CPCs are so low. Right. It's just crazy. I mean, we've been down to 15, 20 cents. And for B2B, you're usually talking 15 to $20 a click. Right. So when you can get clicks for 15, 20 cents, do it. Right. Good point. So you're saying, for example, that if you can find someone who's in the market for Mercedes-Benz, that uh, they may also fit the economic bracket that you're trying to address with B2B advertising. Absolutely. Is that the thing you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Or if you, you know, some some clients want to get, you know, they sell B2B software, for example. And, and so they're like, well, I don't see a B2B software. And it's like, well, just do software. Right. You know, I mean, there may be some consumer traffic in there, but then you always have your site exclusions and you should always be checking your placement reports, which you should be doing anyway. Well, well, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle with you on that one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I think there's a common misreception and and, uh, did you attend the PPC chat about GDN today? Okay. So there was a lot of this going around, which was recommendations that people screen out placements when the remarketing campaigns match up previous visitors with sites that are objectionable. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's a misunderstanding of what audience targeting is all about. Basically, you want to follow the audience no matter where they go. And it's questionable whether if they land on a site that doesn't really match the product or service that they won't respond. I think they will. In other words, I don't think there's any sense in checking placements for any kind of audience targeting because you really don't care about the placements. You care about the people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I do, and I agree with you. What I was getting at is is that you should check the performance of your placements. So you should always base your – unless there's something that you have a moral objection to, and I won't get into right. details beyond that, but yeah. – then, you know, obviously that's an individual decision, but placements that you should or should not be advertising on should be based on performance. So if you've gotten hundreds of clicks from some website and nothing is converting, then by all means, you should, you should get rid of that. You should exclude it. Um, if, if the site looks a little strange or a little iffy, or you're saying, well, my client would never be looking at, at GIFs all day long, you know, or whatever. Well, the fact is they probably are, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's not appropriate, and it doesn't mean it won't perform. So right. you should be basing your decisions on data, not opinions about the quality of the site. And so when I say a poor quality site, I'm talking about something that drives a lot of traffic and isn't performing. And a great example of that is the whole mobile apps and games that has right. been talked about a lot so that you should exclude. So let's share that tip with, with listeners. Um, as a matter of course – with uh, all GDN uh, campaigns that I create, I exclude the following placement. It's uh, adsenseformobileapps.com, and that will ensure that the ads do not appear on mobile apps. Otherwise, and this is a very good reason for checking the placement reports for remarketing campaigns and other audience-based campaigns, you might find that your ads are going predominantly onto mobile apps which uh, either don't perform well or uh, frequently are the victims of fat fingers where uh, you get a ton of clicks because people accidentally hit the, the ad and uh, no conversions. Yeah, so, or children are playing games on mom or dad's iPad. Exactly. And clicking on your B2B ads that you're paying a bunch of money for. So, yes, yep. absolutely as a matter of course. And if you forget… I won't say how I know this. <laughs> you go in the next day and you, you, you'll find a bunch of those at the top of the list. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget like some of us did last week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not last week, but yeah. Anyway, um, I also wanted to, to take this opportunity to offer to our listeners. Turns out I'm, I'm giving a presentation at SMX next week on GDN targeting, Google Display Network targeting. And I want, want to offer our listeners, just to see how many of you are listening, uh, a copy of my slide deck. So um, drop me a, an email at david at fmbmedia.com. That's frankmarybettymedia.com. And put in the um, title of it, uh, GDN Slides, and I'll send you a copy of the slides. And I'll even throw in a, a copy of my PPC book that um, some people, people think highly of. Nice. Nice. Everybody do that. Please. So let's see. Let's keep talking about GDN. So, well, one one thing that I really push in the presentation is um, I find fantastic success with what's called custom affinity audiences. And uh, I get results that rival Facebook results. In other words, uh, hyper-targeting 
and really cheap clicks. Are you, have you have you played around with those at all? You know, I haven't played around with them much, and, and I'm curious, David, if you've seen if you've tried those for B two B and and yes. if you've seen the same results. Excellent. Yeah, sure. You have. Oh right. yeah. I mean, basically, it, it's um, creating an audience just like you do on Facebook um, by telling Google. Uh, words that describe that audience or, or words that describe that audience's interests along with sites that that audience might frequent. So the, the sites would be uh, your own site, sites of competitors, sites of associations that and publications that are frequented by the audience. And then the words would be associated with, with the, uh, the interests that and the activities and the behaviors and the the uh, proclivities of the target audience. And cool. um, so if you just think of it in terms of, or as very closely analogous to what you do with Facebook audiences, where you're just kind of telling Facebook, you know, here, here are the, the borders and the, you know, some points in the middle of the audience that I want to target with my ads. Uh, you go figure out how to match the people to the, to the description I've just provided. Then uh, you, you do get targeted, uh, you know, very targeted, but good reach kind of audiences. Excellent. Very good. Good tip. So let's, let's brainstorm one. What, what is your, um, give, give me, give me a target audience that you're, you're working with right now. Well, I gave the example architects before, because that was one, <laughs> that was one I was working on right before this, this uh, recording. Okay. So the sites, the sites part is easy. You know, you can, you can use the, the, your own client's site. You can use their competitor's sites. Uh, you can use uh, the sites of Architectural Digest and, you know, whatever. I'm sure you're, you've identified associations for architects. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there are many different kinds of architects, so you might want to get more finely grained in the keyword part of the input for this custom affinity audience. So it might be um, landscape architecture or it might be uh, – uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> yeah, or commercial, like for, for B2B, exactly. it would be commercial exactly. architects. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you provide that as input and, um, you know, try it out. The the, the results, I'm sure, will, uh, will surprise you. Excellent. I'm going to do that. That's Good. great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a, another uh, slight pause for sponsor messages, so you can do that during the pause. How's that? Great. Awesome. Okay. Listeners, stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. 
Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Melissa Mackey talking about B2B challenges. And um, let's see, we we also wanted to talk about what kind of challenges do you run into that um, in in advertising for uh, B2B clients uh, that B2C advertisers don't even think about? Um, one of the big ones is all the automated extensions that Google puts up. So if you're an e-commerce advertiser, you're thinking, great, awesome. I'm going to get extensions and I don't have to spend hours thinking, you know, which, which ones I should use or what products go with what, like Google will just do that. Well, for B2B, that's horrible because you you don't want random site links. And let's just talk about site links for a second. Mm. A lot of times with B2B, there is one thing like the client may sell all kinds of stuff, or they may have all kinds of different services, but they're contracted to do PPC for one thing right. out of their whole product catalog. And they have one landing page right. that they're using and you don't want random stuff showing up in the site links. Right. And so th- that has been a real problem for some of our clients where we haven't opted and you can opt out of that. Yep. Um, but you know, if you like before Google made the opt out easy, that was really problematic. And then the other thing with regards to extensions is Google is going to start automatically showing location and phone extensions. Again, if right. you don't opt out and a lot of clients, for example, you know, we used to have a business security client and they had locations all over the country, but these locations were really just for, you know, maybe somebody had a, a customer service issue or they, you know, they weren't set up to do new business. Um, you couldn't walk in there and say, Hey, I want to say, you know, they weren't set up for that. It was almost like your insurance agent's office, right? Like, you know, they want you to call over the phone or go to their website. They don't want you walking in because the receptionist that's sitting there isn't, you know, isn't, um, set up to, to give you a quote. And it was a similar example to that. And, um, so they may want a location extension just to show that, you know, that you can go there, but they don't necessarily want those showing up and they don't want numbers either mm-hmm. because these people be inundated with calls again, lead generation calls that they're not prepared to answer. You know, they're not a call center. They're not set up for that kind of volume. So um, again, it sounds great if you're a, a, you know, a retail store and you want your location there for sure. And you want people to call you, but if you're a B2B, they're not set up for that. Right. Good point. Yeah. Um, what do you do about the situation where you have really just only one page, one landing page that uh, is is all that is necessary to make a conversion? 
do you link to the privacy policy or what what do you do um sometimes we'll link to an faq uh-huh. or an about us gotcha. um, so if there are other pages that are relevant uh, we'll link to those. I mean, if there's complementary products that that make sense, we'll do that. But a lot of times, there's there's just not. Sometimes we just opt out, and yeah. and it kind of sucks to opt out of site links because they're such a valuable feature. Um, but if there's nothing that makes sense, then a lot of times you you it just doesn't make sense to do it. Or if we can, we you know with some clients that are using a, a content management system where we can easily create different landing pages, then sometimes we can create a page with more detail about a certain feature and then another page with more detail about another feature, you know, that kind of thing. You can get really granular with these pages. And so they just have different copy on them, same form, same, you know, it all goes to the same place kind of thing, but yeah. that's really labor intensive. It's rare that that it happens. Is. It is. You have to balance that uh, against the benefit of getting the click-through rate. Right. Um, and speaking of click-through rate, another, another challenge of B2B advertising is that frequently you're using the ad copy to qualify the respondent. In other words, you're using the ad copy to say, not only click here if you match this description or you respond to this this offer, but don't click here if you are not in this group like uh, B2B or enterprise where uh, the, the price level might be too high for small to medium business sized businesses. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to live with lower click through rate, which frequently affects your ad rank, but that's okay. You know that's that's one of my slides in another another presentation, which is don't obsess about click through rate and quality score if you're doing B two B advertising. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times those are going to be worse um, than you'd like them to be, and you just have to not even don't even look at it. Right. Hey, I just noticed something that's terrifying. We have to end the show. Oh no! Yeah, it goes so fast every time. I know, every time. <laughs> well, we'll get to, we'll get you back on uh, sooner than the last interval for sure. Great. And I really appreciate your coming on as usual. Absolutely, it's always a blast. Yeah. And listeners, come back next week for another episode of PBC Rockstars. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 